Good morning. How are you doing this morning? I am doing pretty well. I'll do better when I have consumed the coffee. Ah, yes. So, the coffee this morning, mm-hmm. I don't have the information for it. Yeah, it's fine. Which is fine. It's a pea berry, which we know, we love pea berry. We didn't okay. introduce the show. No, we didn't. Hi! Welcome to It's Not an Allegory. I'm Pam. I'm, I'm here with my lovely, amazing, <gasps> awe-inspiring co-host, Erin. And we're here to talk about allegories. We are. And coffee. And coffee. So, back to what I was yes. saying. Wow. <laughs> Clearly... I need to consume coffee before I try to speak. We should really learn this. This is a problem. We should know this by now. But, like, we try not to taste the coffee until we're, like, here and recording (laughs) so that it's, like, you you guys are listening to our first reaction to the coffee. Maybe we should not do that because, man, brains don't work. Anyways, I don't have the info on the coffee anyways, but it smells glorious. It does. It's a pea berry coffee, which (sighs) is actually one of my favorites. Um, And on Tuesdays, we get the coffee, and it sits in our room... Well, your room or my room, and and like, and it's just sitting there unopened, a bag of coffee, and it just smells good, and it just smells amazing, and it's it, this one was the one that was tantalizing me. It was calling my name, Aaron. Brew me. So you did. So I did. Today. Today. Yeah. Anyways. We get to kind of try and figure out if we can find the flavor tones ourselves. That's true. We could have some. You fun get with to that. find so... out if we're actually any good at this or if we're just okay, making. But like, all up. I knew is it smelled really good, and I couldn't really think like, what does this smell like? Because coffee tones are like. There's a little bit of fruity tone there. A little bit fruity. Just in the smell. It, it looked pretty light, so it was like a fairly light to medium yeah. roast. Um, he normally does light medium roast. Yeah. He doesn't do dark, and especially like just dark roasts are hard to get without um a certain causing kind of machine. And, and like, without burning everything and destroying it. Like, it's yeah. so finicky. And I love a medium dark roast. My dad has accidentally lit our house on fire almost. Several Fantastic. times trying to get dark roast. We don't do dark roast in our house Well, anymore. now I want to get into coffee roasting. It's highly combustible. You, They have, in my dad's roaster, they have settings set built in so that you can't, you're not able to leave the roaster alone. Like, you have to check in every five minutes or so to make sure you're still there. Otherwise, it shuts down because coffee is so combustible and you have to, like, n- listen because the moment you hear a sound, you're supposed to shut it down because because uh, that means the coffee's done. But if you miss that sound, you, you're you going to lose your entire roast and possibly your house. Okay. Well, tips for any of you young aspiring it's coffee roasters time. i am attempting to grow my own coffee at home mm-hmm. uh if it's still alive i left the plant in my mother's care and hopefully it hasn't been forgotten somewhere but i was attempting to grow a coffee plant and in four years it would produce beans and then i was going to roast them in the oven mm-hmm. just like home roasting popcorn and markers, uh, makers, popcorn markers yeah i have a jiffy pot that would be perfect mm-hmm. um so i was gonna roast my own coffee that i grew bad, and then i was i know okay. and then i was going to brew a cup of coffee that I had grown and roasted myself. Fair enough. I was very excited for that. Just put that. But that plant might work. be dead. That's okay. Anyway, let's try so this So what coffee. does it, this, it smells kind of fruity. I'm getting fruity tones. It also smells kind of nutty. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No. Mm. Yeah, a little bit. They're just going to hear us sniffing this coffee. and they're gonna Just listen like, to us inhale the coffee. This is what we do regularly. Every yeah. time I get a bag of coffee, I just breathe it in for a little while. Looks kind of like when I first came to Miller, but that's that's what I did all the time because my dad, my dad would send me coffee that he roasted, and I would just sit and and he he didn't give me filters for my coffee. I had to wait for filters to come in, so I would just sit and sniff the coffee and try not to, and that would cure my homesickness. We're definitely not addicted, I assure you. (laughs) Ooh, 
Yeah, it's smooth. That's good. It's real smooth, but I cannot identify all the tones in it. Like. Mm. Okay. The problem is we're not tasting it properly because you're supposed to slurp it and aerate the coffee as you drink it. And that's gross. Um, that's disgusting. I hate when people we do that. We have more manners than that. Yeah. Be grateful. Um, <laughs> you should thank us. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm getting, like, eh. that's real good. It's really, okay, I don't know, you know what? what the tones are, but will you just take our word for it that it's absolutely delicious? Because that's really all I got. Mm-hmm. At the moment. Mm. Uh, yeah, that is so good. Oh, my Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, I love, love coffee. So Meadow Lark Coffee Roasters, everybody. Check them out. It's 14 bucks, 15, 16, 16 bucks a bag. Usually. Like, it's super For a pound, fun. and then, like, about half that. It, it varies depending on the roast that you get. Um, this, yeah, this, the pea berry is delicious. Yeah. I highly, highly, highly recommend. Man, that used okay, to be my favorite. I'm starting to, like... I'm thinking of which coffees I want to order mm-hmm. because, like, we go home in a couple mm-hmm. weeks, and so I want to bring coffee home for my family. Mm-hmm. And I think I definitely want to bring the Ethiopian Yoga Chef because that was one of my favorites Ooh, this semester. I'm bringing home a pound of that for myself. And whatever we got two weeks ago that was mm-hmm. mislabeled that I don't remember the name of. Yep. That, that one, one was, was delicious. Good. I'm almost out of it. Like, I, it's still mm-hmm. in my room. It has a teeny bit left. We can make, we can yeah. make some later. It's okay. Oh. And this stuff might think, go on that list. I will say, I think the Brazilian's still my favorite. That's the oh. one I used to get before I got the Yerga Chef. Um, See, I used to order the Kingbird, like, every two weeks. Yeah. But then he started sponsoring us and giving us more coffee. I do love the Kingbird. So Kingbird is super good. I have seven different varieties of coffee in my room right Yeah, now. I have about that, too. So... I won't be buying coffee for a while for myself because that I, will last yeah. me a while. I don't drink it fast enough, which, which like, that's not me saying that I don't drink very much coffee. I drink an alarming amount yeah. of coffee. We just also get, like, we an alarming so amount much. of coffee. And it's so good. I love, uh, and people, like, people know me well enough that they'll bring me coffee, like, or, like, they'll go into town oh. and buy me a coffee, or, like, they'll bring me, like, coffee and put it in my mailbox so i have so much coffee and it's such a blessing oh, it's so good. Mm. Mm-hmm. anyway people know people know that we're the coffee addicts which that means that we've arrived honestly just saying though last year i was told i make the best coffee on campus and i'm holding to that still to this day oh the one we got last two weeks ago was the brazil sul de minas so it was a brazil right. coffee it was yeah. one of the ones where you tried to make me pronounce it because you thought it was funny uh yeah every time Today, like, it had, like, it had a bunch of, it was, like, TF mm-hmm. something, something, something numbers. Mm. So, if you're looking to buy this, this coffee, I'm sorry, that's as specific as you're going to get. So, today, we're talking about something that Pam and I both love, and that is music. Because we love we do. music. We really do. So, to start off with a really hard question, we're going to both tell you what our favorite song is. And just so you know... I still haven't figured out what my favorite yeah, song is. Tyrell calls me out for that. He um, for, calls me out for it all the time because he apparently keeps a list of things I say is my favorite because I change it so often that he can't keep up. And so yesterday I was talking about a favorite show and he was like, that's funny because on my master list of Pam, that's not what it says your favorite show is. Oh my goodness. My master list of Pam. I need 
I need this list because that's hilarious. He he buys he puts like things that you would typically forget, like birthdays and like shirt sizes, shoes, like things that you need to know for your girlfriend, but you don't really want to ask. So ah, he'll yes. like be there when I shop or something, and he'll notice. Smart and then he'll man. put it in a list. Oh my so that goodness! He doesn't have to ask me about it. Oh, Travis got back to me. Oop. It's a medium light roast. Okay, it's the. Sorry, back to coffee. It's the Timor FT0 Peaberry Grain Pro. Uh, its origin is a, narrow, a bunch of words that mean nothing to me. East Timor, wherever that is. Um, it is... Mm. Ver- notes of chocolate powder, orange, uh, and brown it sugar. Fruit. It was fruit. Brown sugar. That's what that was. I was trying yeah. to figure it out. I was like... like I couldn't, yeah, that was the It does have a sweet tone, to, but I was mm-hmm. trying to ping it with a coffee. It's like and, a sweet, but it's like yeah. that molasses tone from the brown sugar. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's tone. good. Okay. I like this. There you are. I would drink this Now the mystery has been solved. We can move back to, okay, your boyfriend is a smart man. Guys, take some notes because that is a wise, wise thing to do because no woman wants to be asked what size you are. No, no. That's just rule he, number one. He wrote one. down every size. He sees me by anything. And I think he even problem is women's sizing. It depends on the store. It depends on where the stars are aligned. See the key is on. mm. I wear a men's medium shirt ninety eight percent of the time. (laughs) I don't wear women's clothes. Yeah, I like to drown in my t shirts as well. He even wrote down. He bought this. He downloaded the Sephora app and wrote down all my favorite makeup brands that I can't afford. (laughs) Whoa! Like he he went depth. It was blessed. I. My that boyfriend treats me incredibly well. He intends to spoil you. Yeah, the downside is he also can check how much the things I buy cost. Yep, so you got to be careful about that. Yeah. you don't like, I mean, you don't spend stupid amounts of money on yourself. I, I do like You once invest in a good year. brands, but yeah. like you don't. Like, like well, you're well, not I'm frivolous. When I'm at, like at Christmas time and like probably once or twice over Christmas break, I'll spend like a hundred bucks on like good makeup. I'll but that'll last you a yeah. while. Yeah. yeah, I I get my so, new like, mascara, I don't understand my it. eyeliner. Okay, like Pam's sitting here with like some flawless eyeliner and she looks great in her makeup. But I put makeup on maybe three four times a year. I put makeup on you. She puts makeup on me more than I put makeup on me. I do not have the time or the patience to learn how to do makeup or to just sit down and do it. I know it doesn't take that long to do makeup once you're good at it, but just I just don't care. And I'm too lazy, honestly. I don't know. There's a bunch of reasons. I'm like, I'm going out right after this. Yeah, so. you have good reason. Sure. <laughs> and I, I respect when people do nice makeup and it's not a vanity thing and it's just like, you know, it just it's cool. It's the same reason I might wear a, a nice dress for no reason, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. whatever. That's, That's not what it. we meant to talk about was nope. the... Anyway, music. Music. This is, this is music. the song that I. The song Your favorite that song? I arrived at that Ty tells me isn't actually my favorite song, but it, my music taste changes so wildly. And this is an oddly specific favorite thing. Air so it's Iris, originally performed by the Goo Goo Dolls. However, that is not my favorite version. My favorite version is by a band that I don't recommend typically, but um, they do a cover of it. And it's Sleeping with Sirens. And they do an acoustic cover. Are they pagan? Are they pagan? Pam? 
They're pagan? pretty emo. Okay, and, uh, so they're not quite not, pagan. Not but... the cleanest. Okay, so you're not recommending the band necessarily. No, but this version, I like it because they, um, A, when you play it, you don't have to do drop D, which I understand, like, I'm not saying drop D. I'm saying you retune every string except for two. So open D. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I tune my guitar to be like that sometimes. Except I had to do it for a recital, and I had to practice every day, but I also had to practice other songs. And so it was a hassle yeah. to retune Welcome my Welcome to my world! This is the world of a proficient acoustic player, in which we never stay in standard tuning. And we I'm not that, so it really sucks. When, when I was learning electric, I was trying to learn theocracy songs, mm-hmm. and I discovered that all of them are tuned half a step down. Or ha- like one step down. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> That's not bad. No, this was... A, but all the strings are tuned yeah. half a key down. It's just stupid. It, it was not fun. So I don't, I don't miss playing that song um, when I played the Goo Goo Dolls version. However, the Sleeping With Sirens version is in standard tuning. Also, I like the song, like the progression of it. They, t- they, they rearrange it, um, and I like their arrangement better. I like his voice a lot better. It's like a lot smoother than the Goo Goo Dolls mm-hmm, singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love... That song, I don't know what it is about it, but just, I hear it, and I just start dancing my little Baptist heart away. Huh? I'm just, I know. It's well, a it must crime. be really good in just, order for a Baptist to start dancing. It makes me so happy. I love playing it. One of my favorite memories is when I was actually practicing for that recital, and I played it so much that my dad, who was writing his sermon told me that I wasn't allowed to play it anymore because he accidentally put the lyrics in the middle of his sermon. <laughs> wow. That's uh, impressive. Subconsciously. And he was like, just hearing me sing it. And he started typing and suddenly Iris was in the middle of his sermon. So that's that is my favorite. Fantastic. I I have no idea what my favorite song just is. Just go with your favorite va- band. Like, I might go with my favorite band. at the Okay, but it's like, it's at the moment. Because usually yeah. I listen to a lot very the different genres and like I'll kind of just cycle through different genres so like yeah. right now I'm getting it like I'm listening to a lot of alternative folk and stuff like that I do like I love metal and like I don't know I'm, I'm I might end up on just a Reliant K song because I always love Reliant K they are my most consistent band that I mm-hmm. love um Thing is, most of their songs are really depressing, so just so you know, guys, I am doing okay. I am fine. I just really like depressing music, all right? <laughs> Angry music for happy people. <laughs> That's August Burns Red's slogan, and it's my favorite. <laughs> I like, it's interesting. Like, I'm not a super emotional person. Like, I just don't think mm-hmm. with emotions. And so I enjoy depressing music. It's it's a good feeling. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. feelings. Cool. This is good. Um, when you can't make your own emotions, store-bought will survive. <laughs> I usually have an emotion. I'm usually pretty happy. I'm, I'm a happy person. But, uh, you know what? In Like a Lion by Reliant K mm. will always make me super happy for the rest of time. In Like a Lion, in brackets, always winter. Is based on the it's Narnia. It's based on Narnia. Narnia. <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to incorporate, incorporate C.S. Lewis into I know, this episode. I know, and that's, how, and that's I how. always love that song. Like, okay, I love a lot of songs. I love Theocracy is a great band. Mm-hmm. Their song, Writing in the Sand, is one of your favorites by them. It is. And it's one of my favorites by them, too. It's also a brilliant way of telling a story from mm-hmm. scripture. It's beautiful. Okay, in Like a Lion, 
it's the course is kind of like it's always winter but never christmas it seems this curse just can't be lifted but even in the midst of all this ice and snow our hearts stay warm because they are filled with hope mm. that's a great course it's probably one of the like it sounds kind of like a sad song but it's one that's like very like we're looking mm-hmm. forward to a hope and so it's such a great picture of like i don't know with what i was saying about my exegetical yeah. of like looking forward to a heavenly mm-hmm. dwelling so if you're listening to last week's podcast that yeah. was on my exegetical go and listen to that if you haven't because then you'll understand what i'm talking about so um this week we decided to Talking about music, obviously, Mm -hmm. but something very specific within music, which is allegories within music, because we haven't talked about allegories in a while. Which is funny. And we've been listening. It's not an allegory. We're we're actually taking that seriously and not talking about allegories for a while. Yeah. The whole reason we said that was as a joke. Yeah. But, you know, it's fine. Okay. Um, These songs are definitely not allegories. Yeah. Definitely not. No, definitely not. Definitely not allegories. It's life. Yep. Which is funny, because the songs we were both talking about that inspired this album are based on allegories for what life is like. Yep. So, um, Aaron and I have been listening to a lot of songs with allegorical meaning behind mm-hmm. them. And we think um, our favorites. <laughs> yes. So, my favorite is The Bird and the Snake by Wolves at the Gate, which is a metal band, but I like the acoustic version of this song, actually. And it's based on a story that I think my mom told me as a kid. Um, an allegory about how if you keep turning to your sin, it will destroy you. Mm. Your vice will always be your end. Um, and it's about this little bird who keeps turning to a snake um, for protection because he can't fly away and because he's too far away from home. Um, and the snake but says... Hmm? But he has to give up a feather. Yeah, he has time. to give up a feather in order to... For the snake and the snake's, I don't know, the snake uses, says he uses it for a nest or something to keep him warm or something like that. So the bird gives up a feather and then the snake protects him overnight. And then this bird keeps going to the snake and thinks the snake is his friend. And then the snake's like, okay, I want three feathers now. Like, it's okay, you still got a lot of feathers, you're fine. But eventually the bird has no feathers left and when a bird has no feathers, the bird cannot fly. And the snake eats the bird. Mm. It's a very sad allegory. Um, But it's one that just really resonates with me because that's a lot of my life before I became a Christian. Um, And the cool thing about that song is in context, like it's a sad song on its own, but there are a lot of songs on the album about God's salvation. Mm. Um, and I really like it. I like Wolves at the Gate in general because they tell stories with their music. Mm. Um, one of my other favorite songs by them is called, um, oh, what is it? It's about Peter looking back at when he denied Jesus. Mm. Um, Ooh, that would be good. Yeah. And it's him talking about that night and comparing himself to Judas Because he thought that he was better than Judas, but he's looking back and he's saying, I'm Mm. betraying my best friend too. I'm no different. And that song, like when, yeah, that's one of the lines is, am I different than Judas because I just betrayed my kindest friend. And I stopped the song and I cried because whenever I read the crucifixion story, I always was like, I am not like Judas. I wouldn't do that. And then I just kind of sat there, and I'm like, I normally just associate myself with Peter. I'm like, yeah, I deny God every once in a while, but I do love, I do love Christ. And then I just sat there when I heard that, and I was like, oh, 
Oh. Okay. This is fine. This this is fine. I'm I'm no different than Judas. So music yes. is really special. Music is very powerful to me. Um, and I think it's just uh, Wolves at the Gate is very good at teaching allegories about what um what it's like to live the Christian life from all perspectives. And I like that. Mm. So That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. My favorite song, allegory song thing mm-hmm. at the moment is Anthem by Sarah Sparks, shown to me Ooh. by one Angelica Budd, blessed woman. Mm-hmm. Love her. And, oh, sorry, that was, that was aggressive. Loud. That was my cup. <laughs> my bad. Um, it's really cool. It's a great story. Um, I want to read through all the lyrics, but I won't. It's, basically, it's about an anthill, mm-hmm. known for its quick thinking. It's very uniform, very logical. The queen was the best, and mm-hmm. everyone knew that. Um, and then one day there was an ant at the sidewalk, and mm-hmm. he was puzzled because he had seen this monster or ghost or something. He didn't know what to call it, but he had seen a footprint that's at least 50 ants long. And it's as wide as 10, wi- 10 raindrops, and it has five claws. And though you may not believe me, I've seen the truth, and I know that this is real. And everyone it caused a huge hullabaloo, commotion, kerfuffle. Those are good words. Thank you. Uh, ants are very loyal and high on devotion, and so they put the trial, this the word of this renegade ant. And the ant says, well, like, oh, I've seen it. I've seen the foot. It's the color of sand. When I listened closely, I heard the word man. I'm kind of reading some of the mm-hmm. lyrics here, just so you know. I'm not just rhyming out of mm-hmm. my head. I'm not that talented. Um, the, and the queen heard these words, and she raised her voice to the wind and said, Prove yourself, if we should believe. For how can I know if I cannot see? All of my rule here is my one guarantee. We ants who still think are the ants that are free. And eventually, and it like... And again, like the queen declared to the mountain, um, come down on this mountain to prove your existence to me, mm-hmm. saying to this this foot that, mm-hmm. that the one ant had seen. And the first ant, he was all tied up, and his last word, so he's about to get martyred, mm-hmm. which like, super intense. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, poor ant. Poor ant. Like, he's all tied up, and his last words were, why would a human bow down to an ant? Which, if you caught the allegory, which we're about to explain a little more about allegories that we think of, why on earth would God just show himself mm-hmm. to man because man demanded it? Why would a human bow down to an ant? That's a, Yeah, I, I actually really like that one. I also really like that lady's voice. Mm-hmm. That's um, very alternative folk. Yeah. So, like, prepare for some very, it's very minor, very acoustic, mm-hmm. lots of... Oh. And it's it's brilliantly done. The melody is beautiful, and her voice is incredible. Mm-hmm. She also has a lot of really great songs. I showed Pam the song Religion last night, and it a call out to people who say they don't mm-hmm. have any religion. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's also like she really seems to have a passion against atheism because that yeah. Ant Hill song is about atheism, and that song is also yeah. like you think you have no religion, but you just worship man. Mm-hmm. And it's like whoa, whoa, and she she calls them out. It's beautiful. And she also has some very beautiful songs that are uplifting. And, like, she has a whole album about characteristics of God. And it's just, like, it's called, like, The Comforter, The Gardener, The Carpenter. Ooh, it's I love that. so good. I'm a sucker for concept albums. Ooh, Honestly, I just... She's concept got... <laughs> albums are just larger allegories. Like, I'm thinking all the... Like, okay, a lot of my favorite concept albums were 
um, not a Christian, but I'm thinking Blurry Face by 21 Pilots, mm. where each song was describing this character, except for one of the songs, which was about his wife. Mm. And this character was like his mental illness kind of plaguing him everywhere, except for with his wife. And his wife was the first time that he had actually been hopeful. Wow. And That's cool. Yeah. That's really or, cool. Um, Another one is Rise by Skillet. A lot of people back home tell me that that's their worst album. It's my favorite because it's a concept album where you can't... That's one album I won't listen to on shuffle. I have to listen to it front to back. I love albums like that where you have you to have listen to. Solos is like that. Mm -hmm. Solos is Christian band and they, they have three albums that are just books of the Bible. They have Romans, mm -hmm. Jude, and Hebrews. And they set up the Jude album mm -hmm. as a chiastic structure. Brilliant. Because they're brilliant. And the Hebrews yeah. one is my favorite. Hebrews is my favorite book of the Bible. And it's I... beautiful. Their exegesis is excellent. And they're basically just singing the scripture. But, like, mm -hmm. you can tell they understand the theology behind it. And, like, and they put it into music. Music and is just a glorious. key tool for storytelling. That we overlook. And I think that, like, yeah, I just think of even non-Christian bands, like a lot of metal bands I used to listen to, um, punk bands I used to, used to listen to that weren't Christian, um, even like Green Day. Like, all of these bands have allegorical stories. They're mm -hmm. trying to communicate something um, about, like, how life works from their perspective, hmm. whether it be about a person or just different ideas. Con I love concept albums. Yeah, that's what you're going to get out of this. I think there needs to be more concept albums in the world. But, like, people are trying to tell stories, and music is such an effective way to do that. Um, so that actually is a great segue to my yeah. question for you. So, Pam, how does poetry and prose in music huh. differ from other mediums to tell a story or allegory. Okay. We don't a, have a lot of time, no. so give me your short answer. I know you could rant about this oh, for I can, years. I love talking about this. So music adds a different dimension to it. Um, one example that really sticks out to me in this is from the musical Hamilton. Um, they use... You heathen. I know. Um, but in one of the songs, the character is crazy. Um, he's actually, like, crazy. It's the king, um, who historically was actually a little bit off the deep end mm. and when he sings the he talks about highs and lows rising and falling but the music contrasts it whenever he, typically when you talk like that if you're talking about something falling you go down if you talk about something mm. rising you go the songs up. the script right? yeah yeah exactly yeah. but with that song they intentionally go opposite mm. so oceans rise as empires fall when he says rise they go down Music musically or down. Uh, down to like a bass note and when oceans or em empires fall he rises and so music has a way of communicating contrast that you can't just communicate with words which is so fun to me also you can they did the, the same thing with mary poppins they did the same thing with mary poppins it's mm. a really common thing to do when you're trying to contrast something when, and when artists do it yes <laughs> when, when it's done well when it's done well um <laughs> Another thing that I think music sticks in your head in a very emotional way. I'm thinking, like, even with the, um, the Bird and the Sink, they have two versions of it. They have the metal version and they have the acoustic version. And it's two different songs when you listen to it. Mm. Because the acoustic version, it's just, like, a guitar, a cajon, 
and his voice. Wow. And he sounds absolutely heartbroken and angry by the end of the song because mm. this poor bird has fallen to his vice. And you can see where the song's going. You know in your mind, okay, this is how this is going to end and you can't get out of this cycle. Mm. Whereas in the metal version, it is fueled with hatred, like hate for the snake that vice, that sin that's gripping you, hate for, and so like how the music sounds around it, and that's why I like different arrangements of things, even like with Iris in two different versions, how you arrange the song, the artist is always very particular mm. about what kind of emotion they're trying to portray. Um, and that's pretty universal across the board. I think that the, the way that it's sung you can put a lot of emotion in your voice. Oh, you can yeah. put a lot of emotion in how you play. If those are, like, using an electric versus an acoustic guitar is going to communicate two very different things depending on how you play. And, well, if you're a good guitarist, I guess. I'm. Mm -hmm. It's going to sound the same regardless of what I play. I'm not a great guitarist, so I just sound like I'm hitting strings. But, yeah, that's just kind of my thought on it is art, uh, music hates emotions that just words on a page can't because often when you're reading words on a page, you're not hearing it. So it's whatever is in your head. Mm. But when even the music, yeah. you can look at the notes on the page and you can <laughs> understand yeah. all of it. You can even see, oh, that's a C note. That's going to be approximately exactly. this note. You know, it's, or it's like, but, oh, that's in 6-8 mm -hmm. timing and mm -hmm. and it's about uh, 78 beats per minute. Mm -hmm. And you could, you could understand all of the logistics mm -hmm. of it, but music only exists for a moment. Yep. And how it's portrayed by the artist and how it's portrayed by whoever is performing that piece mm. is going to communicate the message in a way that you might not have heard or noticed before. So that's my thought on how music works like that. Hmm. Hmm. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to ask you, what role does music have in storytelling? What role does music mm -hmm. have in storytelling? You kind of said most of it, like the highs and lows and like there's different, I guess, inflections, mm -hmm. the right word, like expression. It's, mm -hmm. It says like there's in, in music, mm -hmm. you'll see at the top, there's a little kind of note of how to play, like mm -hmm. what kind of expression you're putting mm -hmm. on it. Like whether it's very light and bubbly or whether it's mm -hmm. like somber, slow, mm -hmm. like, oh, play with feeling kind of mm -hmm. thing. And you can even listen different composers. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I've seen mm -hmm. funny drawings of, like, what their hands must have mm -hmm. looked like based on how they play. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like, their hands look like hammers because they're just like, dunk, 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 very hammer-like. Mm -hmm. And someone's like, oh, they must have feather hands because mm -hmm. it, you can never play softly enough. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I'm even thinking, like, music tells a story even when there's no words. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking, we were talking about this last night, uh, Vivaldi, a uh, classical musician. Everyone has heard Winter by Vivaldi, just so you know. It's in so many soundtracks, and it has one of the greatest drops in musical history, just so you know. Go and listen to Winter by Vival Vivaldi. Uh, the Allegro is brilliant. Um, love Symphony so much. And, like, you can feel... You, you, you may know it's called Winter, but you also would listen to it and get a sense of cold and, like, unpredictable. And it feels mm -hmm. like winter. It, mm -hmm. it does. The song is is, winter. is wintry. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And it's brilliant. And that's just one example of how mm -hmm. music, even just by itself, can be telling a story. Or, like, if you were listening to me just jam on my guitar 
sadly I don't do very much these days, but you, you could kind of figure out what headspace I'm in. Like whether I'm having a good day or a bad day or like what, mm-hmm. what's, what am I thinking about? You can kind of hear it come through in how I'm playing my guitar. It's true. It's very true, actually. Yeah. It's like it's an emotional roller coaster sitting in Erin's room while she's jamming and writing. It's a fun time, though. Oh, well, that's fun. That's good to know. I usually try and not do that with people around just to not put them through that. <laughs> that's a good time. <laughs> I'm just always in your room, so it makes sense. Hmm. So, um, oh, I asked the last question. Yes, you do. Oh, okay. And we I have a really fun answer for this. So. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, okay. Um, what is the ministry behind allegories? Like, you and I talk about allegories a lot, and we're in a class right now talking about leadership and how we're supposed to use art um, within worship leadership. So how do we incorporate allegories in a way that is um, effective ministry? I have thoughts on this. Effective ministry. Okay, I'm going to go in behind why we tell allegories, which I know I've talked mm-hmm. about a little bit before, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go in more detail. Um, there is a really great statement of Jesus's in the Gospels about those who have eyes to see and those who have ears mm-hmm. to hear will understand. Mm-hmm. When Jesus explains why he's telling uh, parables to mm-hmm. his disciples, and he's kind of quoting Isaiah, mm-hmm. it's like though they have eyes, they do not see, and though they have ears, they do not hear. They they mm-hmm. are ever seeing and not perceiving. Mm-hmm. It's, and, and Isaiah is talking about Israel who's hardened mm-hmm. with apostasy mm-hmm. and they just don't listen to God. Mm-hmm. And so their story, and like Ezekiel is a great example of someone who told, had allegories. He had different pictures and symbolism, like cutting off all of his hair and a third of it he cast to the wind, a third of it he burned, and a third of it, I don't remember what he did with it. Uh, like all these things that are supposed to tell a story and you're supposed to look at it and understand the meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. And it's for those who want to understand and those who are mm-hmm. seeking to believe, they will. Mm-hmm. But those whose hearts are hardened, it'll just sound like a story. And I think we continue that practice today in some, mm-hmm. uh, with, with music and in our worship and like mm-hmm. the way we tell stories. I think that no matter how sweet the truth is, yeah. we will remember it better when told in story and when we have to work to understand and to perceive. Yeah. You will understand far better when you hear an allegory and you understand the truth mm-hmm. through that because you remember stories. We remember songs. They get stuck in our mm-hmm. head. They're catchy, right? Which is a good And time. remember, like, all these different ways that we've understood a story and it's the lesson behind it and it's the maybe the greater story that's beyond mm-hmm. it that sticks with us because of it. And we yeah. will all, that's always remembered. That's ingrained in my mind. Mm-hmm. Why have I memorized Narnia? It's, I... I've seen what Lewis was getting at. He's getting at Mm -hmm. a deeper truth behind it. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful way Mm -hmm. to read stories is seeking to understand something greater, something beyond that. And I think any Christian artist would want you to see that, right? They'd want you to to look for what the deeper meaning is behind Mm it. I I also think everybody loves a story. It doesn't really matter if one is Christian or not, like even looking at, yeah, all those secular artists. Everybody's trying to tell a story Mm. with their music. Um, and so I think as Christians, we can use that to our advantage. We mm-hmm. can see music is a universal language to a degree. Like everybody wants to listen to music. Everybody has their own interpretation <laughs> of music. Though music Though, varies yes, greatly. Varies there are some greatly. things across the world that is called music that we would not call music. We would call nope. it noise. Yeah. But yeah. I'm pretty sure most people in America say that about my metal music. Yeah. So. Well, we both it's fine. So, yeah. yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But I think that, like, as 
Christians, we have the opportunity to make allegories that people want to hear and listen to mm. with music and tell a deeper message of hope in a time when hope is not necessarily accessible. It really makes people listen. Yeah. And though they may not understand, they'll they listen to the story. Mm -hmm. And then someday, they might, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. they might look back and remember a story mm -hmm. and remember, oh, that's what they were getting. Mm -hmm. That's the meaning behind that. Right. Yeah. That's how did I not, how didn't I see it before? Right. Exactly. And it's brilliant. And I it love is. that. And it's, and it's really, it's us imitating mm -hmm. Christ. Mm -hmm. Christ told so many parables. Yeah. And for good reason. And when he was with his close friends, he, he, he spoke to them plainly. But when he was speaking to large crowds, mm -hmm. it, it was like, do you think that the mysteries of the universe are to be bought with a song? No. Mm -hmm. You need to you need to seek to understand. Mm -hmm. You need to want to under like want to believe. Yeah. And it's like, I I like what did the one man say? Like I do believe. Help my unbelief. Believe. Yeah. That man would have sought to understand what mm -hmm. the parables were mm -hmm. meaning. And those who had faith. Yeah. Those who, to believe. Mm -hmm. Anyway, you mm. have a. I was gonna make up a story on the spot just to mess with Pam, um, but now I'm thinking about. Jesus and parables and things and see, being goofy seems kind of weird. Mm -hmm. So we could just end it there. Yeah. That's fine. We'll put the links to the song. I'm, well, I will. Yep. I run the media, which means I'm sorry for not posting on Instagram as often as I probably should. But um, I blame the fact that I've had a head injury that I'm just recovering from. Yep. Bear now. with us. We're, so. we're doing great. <laughs> yeah. We're doing great. We have exams in a week. <laughs> it's fine. This is fine. Yeah. Anyway, be blessed in the most chaotic way possible and enjoy your coffee